Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Charlie Munger passed away in late November 2023. He was a billionaire with an estimated net worth of $2.6 billion when he passed away. However, that wasn't always the case. Born in a small town in Omaha, Nebraska, he wasn't lucky enough to be born into like a really rich or prominent family. And in fact, one of his first jobs was working in a grocery store for his future partner's grandfather, Warren Buffett's grandfather, owned this grocery store. And Charlie worked there for 20 cents an hour. This is a far cry from his current fortune. And in today's chat, we're going to go over the lessons from Charlie Munger's life, what he has shared in his interviews and writing that will help us progress towards our first million dollars. That's right. We're setting a big goal today because Charlie had big ambition. We can try to match that. So today we're going to talk about how to get ourselves closer to that first million dollar goal. We're going to go over his life, his lessons, and how to get to that million You're listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. So these are larger concepts from Charlie Munger's life because he didn't really give specific stock recommendations. And In fact, if you listen to different clips from him, and I've got one, he always says when someone gives him specific, like, hey, what stock to buy or what this or what this, he would broaden out and he would take a larger view because he thought what he was doing was very replicable. Like he was just following kind of Ben Graham's philosophies and him and Warren Buffett combined together to kind of create their own little Ben Graham-ish kind of investment strategy. So he didn't want to tell people how to get invested specifically in one fund or one stock or whatever. But he would give broader advice. A few years ago, a guy in his audience asked a very specific question on how to get rich quick. And here is a quintessential Charlie Munger sarcastic response. Let's give it a listen. Well, and then I hear somebody that really wants to get rich at a rapid rate with specifics. That is not what we try and do here. We want to leave some mystery so that you can use yourself finding your own way. You know, the good ideas that I have had in my life are quite few. But the lesson I can give you is a few is all you need, and don't be disappointed. And when you find the few, of course, you've got to act aggressively. That's the wonder system. I think stating that Charlie Munger's actions uh, before he became super rich would be relevant for us since I'm assuming you're not a billionaire right now. And relatively early on in Charlie's life, he teaches us lesson number one. Lesson number one is the importance of owning equity. Or put another way, having ownership stake in a company. Because owning equity is just a fancy way of saying that you own a little piece of a business. When you buy a stock in a business, you are now an equity owner in that business. And before Charlie was one of the world's most respected and accomplished investors, he got in the business world as a lawyer. Smart guy, he made his way from Omaha, the middle of nowhere, America, Nebraska, to Harvard Law School. And as working as a lawyer, many of Charlie's clients were local businesses. 
Typically, lawyers bill their clients on an hourly basis, and those clients pay the bill to the lawyer, and the deal is done. However, over time, Charlie realizes how wealthy people were making money off of him. His clients were very wealthy and as a direct result of owning their own businesses. Charlie then decided to try to change his fee structure to a few of his clients. And instead of just being paid cash for legal services, he began accepting equity as his client's business as a form of payment. It seems unlikely that people would be doing this now, but he must have been a great lawyer and he talked people into giving them a small chunk of his business. It's a brilliant idea. Let's get into it. So let's say as a lawyer, Charlie did $10,000 worth of work for a client and the client would pay him $10,000. And then that 10 grand is Charlie's and he can do whatever he wants. However, if he had received $10,000 in the form of equity or even like less, let's say he, instead of 10 grand cash, he receives 5,000 worth of equity in the company. He is now a part owner in his client's business and he is entitled to a cut of the profits that happen every year. So let's say Charlie owns half a percent or 1% of the business instead of that $10,000. Every year, Charlie is getting 1% of the business profit and he doesn't have to do any more work. And in theory, when that business is sold, he gets 1% forever and then 1% of the sale of the business. And If that is the case, Charlie was being paid to receive money and equity and future profits, which is what's happening when you are buying a stock or for work he did a long time ago. He did work once supplying the business, his legal services, and then he's making money on that specific one job forever. Having this type of arrangement with one business is great, but imagine if over the years, Charlie was able to do this two or three or four, maybe five, 10 times. You can see why he gained wealth quicker. And this example from Charlie's life demonstrates the importance of building equity. I think that should be a goal for all of us to own equity if we want to build wealth. This can come in many different forms, and there's obviously lots of ways of receiving equity, but one of the ways is maybe through your job. When I was working as an investment advisor for a large financial services firm, I was able to take advantage of our stock purchase plan the company had. A little different than Charlie's instance, he was actually being paid, but this is one of the benefits, and possibly if you're working at a large firm, this could be a benefit for you that you haven't thought about. I was able to take advantage every two weeks when I was paid, every fortnight, I was utilizing the stock purchase plan of the company and it was like collecting a free 15% of equity every paycheck because for every 85 cents I put into the company's stock, the company matched 15 cents. And if you do the math, that's 15% free equity every paycheck. Over time, that dollar cost average grew into more free equity on my name. The company has done well in the last 10 or 20 years and I'm still making money from work that I did in the past. And assuming that I hold on to the stock, it's not really a bad arrangement. I did some work, I put in some of my own money, and now I'm getting paid equity for work I did 10, 15, 20 years ago. Great idea, Charlie. So if you have a stock purchase plan with your company, or if your company is publicly traded, maybe go to HR and ask if they have that kind of option. There's another way to get equity in a business besides through your job or buying, and that's starting your own business. Charlie Munger started multiple businesses throughout his career, he was a law firm guy, yeah, but then he started a real estate investment group as well, and then an investment partnership, and then that eventually led into him working with Warren Buffett. So lesson number two for Munger is to reach your first million, you need to invest in yourself. And it sounds like a self-help cliche phrase or something out of a get-quick-rich scheme, uh, which is what we're all looking for, right? Listen, if you have a get-rich-quick scheme, email me, please, 
and we will work together on getting rich. It doesn't have to be a scheme, but I just want to get rich quicker. But in the meantime, let's continue learning lesson number two from Charlie on how to just get rich at all. Because Charlie, his words are very practical. When he was a young lawyer, Charlie saw how much the firm was working and then how much he would bill clients and then how much little chunk that he got from that work. So his hourly rate was like a couple hundred dollars, you know, in today's dollars with inflation. And Charlie just got a small chunk of that. And this led Charlie to have the realization that it'd be helpful if he started doing some work for himself. So this realization that he needed to start selling his time back to his most valuable client, which is Charlie himself. Let me explain what I mean. Every day, Charlie was spending between like eight to 12 hours working for his clients as a lawyer. He decided that each day he was going to work for himself one hour. And he would get up one hour earlier each morning and start working on various real estate deals or construction projects that he had going. And I'm sure being a successful lawyer like Charlie would be more than enough for some of us. Some of us have less ambition than the others. I have too much ambition for the time that I have in my life. And my wife tells me that quite often, but let's keep going. So anyway, Charlie was saying, why work for yourself just one hour? Well, this can come in many different forms and it can be many different benefits. It could be learning about investing and you could be learning about doing real estate deals. You could learn how to start some sort of side business. But whatever it is, it's important to spend some of your time working for yourself. If you want to make new money and not just the W-2 wage you get from your company, you need to invest in yourself. And this concept sounds simple and it sounds easy, but it's some people are having a hard time committing to this type of thing. And you're probably not that type of person. After all, you are listening to an investing podcast, so you probably already get this concept. So let's keep going. Just imagine real quick, if you take an hour each day working for yourself for one whole month, and then if you can do that for 90 days, and then if you can do that up to a year, what about five years? I'm confident you would be surprised with yourself, with what you're able to accomplish by following this piece of advice from Charlie. So let's assume, let's put some numbers behind this. Let's assume your job is able to cover all of your living expenses. I hope you can. If not, shoot me an email and I will send you over a budget to follow. Hopefully your job is covering your living expenses. And this means that any additional money that you would bring in would be extra work for yourself. You could put towards building your wealth, not just paying your bills. So if you're making, let's say, I'm not great at math, so let's use easy figures, $50,000 a day at your job. Let's say each year you save 10% of that for investing. That means you've saved and invested $5,000 each year that you can put towards building your wealth. But let's say that now you're able to work for yourself in mornings or evenings or after work or maybe on the weekend and you're able to generate an additional ten dollars or $20,000 of income by working for yourself. You start a side hustle, you flip a property, you do a podcast about investing, even though you live in Ohio and you're talking to some really cool Australians. Anyway, let's say you make that additional $20,000 and you put that towards wealth building only. You don't spend it, you don't buy a boat, you invest that money. So you've gone from $5,000 to $25,000 because you invested in yourself. You have now 5 x your amount of money that you were able to save and invest each year, building towards that $1 million goal a lot quicker. And this leads to lesson number three from the late, great Charlie Munger. Get your first $100,000 saved and invested as quickly as possible. At Berkshire meeting in the 1990s, someone asked Charlie what is now famous quote, what is your best advice on building wealth? And Charlie responded with this, it's a bitch, but you got to do it. I don't care what you got to do. 
If it means walking everywhere and not eating anything that was purchased without a coupon, you need to find a way to get your hands on $100,000. And why does $100,000 matter so much? Well, it's, a, it's an important figure, especially when you consider that many investors and savers, their goal is a lot higher than 100000 After all, 100000 in today's dollars is the same purchasing power as about $60,000 only 20 years ago. So in the last 20 years, you've lost $40,000 of purchasing power because of inflation. Thanks a lot. So the sum doesn't go as far as when Munger said it 20-some years ago, 25 or 30 years ago now. God, this made me feel old because when I think of the 90s, I don't think of that being almost 30 years ago. Let's keep going before I get depressed. Anyway, Munger didn't elaborate on how to gain that $100,000. He just said, get the $100,000. And then he says, invest the $100,000. And if you invest $100,000 at a low, modest, measly 5% return, and you didn't add a single penny over the 21 years, you would see the $100,000 grow to $279,000 or so. The lesson in this? Well, after the first $100,000, big numbers add up quickly. Consider this. Debbie, a young worker who diligently saves and invests $10,000 a year through her employer's super plan, nets an annual return of 7%. She would need slightly less than eight years to reach $100,000. And this is where things get interesting. The same annual investment at the same rate of return would produce Debbie's next $100,000 in only five years. Reaching the next uptick on that sixth digit would take even less time. As a result, Debbie learns that consistent saving fueled by compound interest can get you the $100,000 and then rocket your net worth if you stay the course. It is fair to wonder what is so important about $100,000 versus like 90 or 95 or 91 or my favorite number because of hockey great Wayne Gretzky, 99. Besides the literal extra five or $10,000, there is psychology at play. People love round numbers and maybe you do too of of course, there's tangible trigger. When you hit that comma, there's this show, Silicon Valley, that talks about there's this really lame, rich guy that he calls himself the three comma club because he's a, tri- or a, a billionaire and then he loses it and he's depressed. Anyway, when that comma happens, when you now hit six digits, it doesn't just mean that you've reached a magical number. It's not like $1 more than $999,099, but there's no denying the satisfying psychological metric of $100,000. Six figures versus five figures. It's a desire and a monetary number worth shooting for. So getting to $100,000, especially in your younger years, isn't easy. Maybe you got to do whatever you got to do. Charlie Munger says, live in your parents' basement, eat beans and rice, talk to strangers on the streets, good old-fashioned side hustles, driving for a ride-hailing service, taking on freelancing assignments, build wealth. If wealth accumulation is important to you, you need to let compound interest do the heavy lifting, so get that $100,000 as fast and as soon as possible. After the break, we're going to finish up the next two pearls of wisdom from the life of the late great Charlie Munger. We'll be right back. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, the fourth piece of advice from studying Charlie Munger's life can be said, eh, kind of contradicts conventional investing wisdom. But it is also hard to argue with Charlie Munger, who died with $2.6 billion to his name. Lesson number four is do not over-diversify your investment portfolio. I should put a disclaimer in here. If you don't like investing, if you don't want to do the work, if you don't want to learn about businesses, if you don't want to do the research, buy an index fund, the ASX 200 or the S&P 500, and call it a day. However, if you're listening to an investing podcast and you're interested in investing and you want to try to outpace the market, Charlie Munger says don't over-diversify your investment portfolio. Charlie Munger and his business partner Warren Buffett are big believers in having concentrated investment portfolio. There was one point, and it's kind of like folklore that people talk about, at one point when Buffett was younger, he had 70% of his entire net worth, not just his investment portfolio, his net worth in one single stock. Here's a clip of what Charlie had to say when he was asked if he was comfortable that his family only owned three stocks in the family portfolio. Let's listen to this. Am I comfortable with a non-diversified portfolio? Of course I'm comfortable. If you take the mongers, I care about the mongers. The mongers have three stocks. We got a block of Berkshire. We got a block of Costco. We have a block of Lulu's Fund, and the rest is dribs and grabs. So, am I comfortable? Am I securely rich? You're right. I am. <laughs> So it wasn't fully fair. There is more than three stocks, I guess, if you listen to the clip. Berkshire Hathaway alone was one of those holdings he mentioned, and that has 55 stocks within that holding company. So he is more diversified in just three stocks, but still very concentrated, much more concentrated even, let's say, than just the ASX 200. If you have that index ETF, you've got 200 of Australia's best and brightest companies and you're fairly more diversified than Charlie Munger. But he's not looking for diversification. He is talking about concentrating your money in building wealth. No list about Charlie Munger would be complete without talking about the power of compound interest, however. And that is where we go to number five. We're going to turn to another historical figure for this lesson, because that's where Charlie says he first learned it. Ben Franklin, one of the founding fathers of these United States of America, Franklin had a pretty good definition of compound interest. He says, money makes money, money, and then money makes more money, and then that money makes money. Pretty simple. Ben Franklin passed away in 1780, and this is number five, by the way. Number five is let compound interest be your friend, not your enemy. 
When Ben Franklin passed away in 1780, he left the equivalent of $4,400 to the cities of Boston and Philadelphia. And these cities had one condition. They couldn't touch the money. It was put in a trust for 200 years. Ben obviously thought that America was going to make it at least 200 years. And we're probably not going to make it past much more than that, but let's keep going. The money was to be loaned and invested by young apprentices who had proven themselves worthy of a loan. He stipulated that the cities would receive the funds after these 200 years. And when the cities received their balances 200 years later in 1980, the combined gift of $4,400 had grown to $6.5 million. A dollar invested is worth $10, $15, or even $20 in the future. And once you learn this lesson, the new car you want to buy isn't just costing you $500 a month. It is costing you thousands of dollars when you factor in the impact of compound interest. If you've got a car that is working well for you, don't just flip it for flipping its sake. I know new cars are fancy and they've got cool things like keeping you in the lane, but for hundreds of years, people have been able to drive their cars and not have to get brand new ones all the time. My car is getting on nine years old and the Bluetooth activation is just awful and I want a new car. And I put the calculation in of what a new car payment is right now, which is not cheap. And then I figure in how much more it's going to cost me. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's eight or nine years old now. I can make it another six or seven years and I will take that money and I'll invest that money instead of having a car payment. And my future self will thank me because I'm getting old and I need compound interest to be my friend. Without a doubt, we can learn a ton about building wealth and studying Charlie Munger's life. There are so many more episodes that could be done and put on Charlie, but I just wanted to cover these quick five tips of how to get our first million dollars according to Charlie Munger. Here's the list again, the, the recap of the main takeaways as we close today's show. One, own equity in a company. Two, invest in yourself. Three, get that $100,000 as fast as possible, not by any means possible, but you know any legal means possible. Number four, don't over-diversify just for diversification's sake. You do not need lots of ETFs, one or two, or as I have put it many times, the keep it simple, stupid three-fund portfolio should do. That's enough diversification for most people. Finally, number five, lesson in wealth building from the late, great Charlie Munger, compound interest is your friend or your enemy. Start early and it's your friend. Invest late and it's your enemy. That's it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for you for the most up-to-date investment ideas, the most up-to-date market trends and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.